when we push ourselves too deeply or attempt to push ourselves too much, we can really affect what our healing looks like in the moment. And Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of that comes from feeling like there needs to be this like massive rush towards expansion and us thinking that we know the best way for that expansion to happen and that the best way to do it is by pushing ourselves past our limit. And I think that there are a lot of different reasons why our society feeds into that narrative. And I really want to just even just starting with my own shift in perspective, begin to change that narrative of like, you don't need, let's just be where we are and like, be honest about like, yeah, this is where we are. This is what we're experiencing. And no matter how uncomfortable it is, we should just do our best to confront what we're actually dealing with here, what's being presented now, and trust that the expansion will happen as it's intended to. Hello and welcome to Bad Witches Only. My name is Allie Schlenner. I am your host. And today I have a very special guest with me. I am so excited to announce Brenna. Hi. Hello. So happy to be here. Thank you so much for being here. Brenna and I met at Milana Snow's training in New York in the fall of last year. So it is such a blessing to connect with you, to witness your growth and just as a human being and just to look at the radiant soul I have in front of me here. And oh, you can can just like feel the love that radiates from your entire existence. So Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Brenna, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Allie. I mean, you're, I, I feel so blessed that we were able to meet at that training. And I met so many wonderful people at that training. It was like just a microcosm <laughs> of like all of these beautiful souls. Um, So thank you so much for having me. Um, So yes, I am Brenna Ardron. I have a business called Spiritum Meditation and I'm a manifesting generator. So that means my business has been through multiple different iterations as I have been through multiple different iterations. Um, But right now I'm focusing on breath work and energy healing and really focusing my work on working with manifesting generators or people that feel super overwhelmed by desire and then are either flaky or overcommitting themselves because of that. So that's kind of where my focus is at this moment. Yeah. I love that. And uh, I'm so thankful as well to just be on the receiving end of some of what you've been sharing about being a manifesting generator, because 
I as well am an MG. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know how to handle this because as having six planets in Capricorn, being flaky is literally my worst nightmare. Like that, (laughs) like that word is just my absolute, like I detest the feeling of being flaky and yet it's in my design. So as we get started in this conversation about, I mean, I'm sure so much will flow, but our main uh, theme today is commitment, which I'm really excited yeah. to dive into. But <laughs> before we get started with that, will you tell us a little bit about like what human design is? Yeah. So human design is a system that was channeled by someone named Ra Uruhu um, and in the 1980s. So it's a relatively new system. Um, and it is a system that is similar to astrology in that it is like birth time based, but it combines astrology and the I Ching and, um, you know, biology, the chakra system, um, all of these different things all into one system. So it is incredibly complex, but also in my experience, quite accurate. And what I like about human design is that it is very actionable. So whereas I, I really love astrology and I, I find it to be super helpful and, you know, it's all connected, but I think that sometimes there are not necessarily action steps in astrology about what to do with your birth chart. And I feel like human design is a really great response to that. Um, and then there's a new system I've recently gotten super into called the gene keys that is in part informed by human design. And that is like another deeper layer into like how to really access information about yourself. And so, yeah, I just think that I've always been fascinated in these modalities that really teach us more about ourselves and how we operate. And so that's what really attracted me to human design. Yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. Human design is super powerful. And um, I haven't gotten into gene keys yet, but I am excited to do that when the time comes because yeah. um, people like us, we are forever seekers. We're always like diving into <laughs> the root of our souls, trying to under- understand ourselves. But I love human design so much because, and astrology for this reason as well, but because it just allows it's like that permission slip for us to just kind of take down the walls of who we thought we should be and tune back into who we really are. And of course there are certain things that resonate um, and both systems are super complex. So we have to allow ourselves to really understand on a deeper level, what is happening. And so human design, they have um, our, our profile and we have like the, our type, our authority. Yeah. Yeah. So there is, um, type strategy and authority and profile. And those are probably like the, I would say those are like the starting points to human design type strategy and authority are like probably like the key starting points. And then it can get super, super detailed as you go deeper into your chart. Um, and then there are different energy centers. There are nine different energy centers that are within the human design chart that can inform aspects about how you operate in this world. Um, and that is probably the next step. And then after that, it's like 
There's so many things, gates, channels, <laughs> like it guts really complex, but I find it, I found it to be super interesting. And I think that for people that are just starting out, um, if you go on mybodygraph.com, you can put in your um, birth chart information and find out some like at least the base level information about type strategy and authority. And I've found that people can find that to be super validating. Um, but just allow yourself to sit with this stuff. Like something that I've been really realizing is that, I mean, in our culture, there's so much rush in everything that we do about like, I have to like, now that I have this information, I have to integrate it immediately. And like, that's not always possible, especially if we're living like, really deeply out of alignment or sometimes it's like, okay, cool. Like that's how it, I feel more comfortable operating, but how do I actually integrate that into like the real human world? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so allowing yourself to just sit with the information that you gain and see how you can take action steps slowly. I mean, as a manifesting generator, I think that's my least favorite thing to hear on the entire world. I want this <laughs> To be able to do things really quickly and everything to be perfect and happen now, <laughs> but um, literally, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say it's okay for you to be patient with the process because ultimately, there's no rush. We are where we are, and um, you know this information, we do have the ability to integrate things really quickly. And I think that in that, just allowing ourselves to surrender to the process sometimes can be more of our benefit. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And to allow us to be led by that level of excitement when it's there to not like, you know, learn something about ourselves or learn something about our human design chart, for example, and then say, okay, now that I know this, I have to do X, Y, Z. So switching from obligation to like that light and that fire within us, because especially as manifesting generators, when we have that light and that fire and that spark to guide us, it's going to work every time, but we can't force the ignition of the spark. We have to surrender to the process and let, like, let joy guide us, let the present moment guide us. And we will always be taken to where we need to be. Yeah, that's so true. I, that's something that I'm learning much, much more, um, currently is like how much, and I, I feel like I felt it very distinctly after getting back from our retreat in New York, actually. And then it's something that I actively try to integrate more often, but like, it's so important to just like, for us to be like really in the present moment. And like, I feel like manifesting generators, um, especially, I mean, other types too, but like we can get really overwhelmed when we start to like, look too far in the future, because for us, things can happen so quickly and things can really change really quickly that it can be challenging to plan. Like, I, I feel like I always was really, um, like disoriented by questions like, where do you see yourself in five years? I'm like, hell if I know, like, I really (laughs) can't tell you. Um, and so I feel like 
for MGs, it's important to like, if you're feeling like you're getting overwhelmed by how everything's going to fit together, it can be important just to like come to the present moment and be like, okay, what actual choices am I needing to make right now? And then listening to your sacral from that place because, and then, you know, using your authority, like if your emotional authority, that may mean time, like it could mean a lot of different things, but instead of thinking about things 10 steps down the line, just thinking about like, what step am I at? What step am I at right now? And I think also reinforcing like, doing whatever you need to do to reinforce safety and security in the moment. Because sometimes like if we're getting super activated by like fears of the future or like fears that, you know, fears of the future that often are associated with fears of the past, we can get really, really caught up and like very overwhelmed. And so coming back to the present and like reinforcing like our safety in the present moment, Mm -hmm. I think can be really important. Yeah. Yeah. Cause as you were explaining when we were talking right before we hopped on about fear being a motivator for decision, it can sometimes make us feel like we have to act right now. And Mm -hmm. it leaves us like in a haze or in a state of overwhelm or in like what I was, was feeling energetically when you were speaking was this like frenzy of an energy Mm -hmm. with like one decision after another, after another, after another. And it can just keep leading us in a direction that's not aligned with our soul and our soul's path, because it's based on fear and not like that intuitive knowingness and that intuitive knowingness and that safety to, to be where we are in this moment. Do you want to talk a little bit more about, um, that process or like that decision-making process? Yeah. So it definitely will be different for everyone, but I think that for sacral beings, it is really important. Like the sacral is where everything starts. And so that can mean a lot of different things. Oftentimes, like, I mean, I feel like this is talked about so much, but it is really important. Um, noticing like what stories or patterns are really coming online with regard to whatever we're feeling really overwhelmed about in the moment. Sometimes like when we are making a particular, like when we're feeling super overwhelmed by something or super afraid of something, it's linked to something that happened to us when we were seven or 10 or four, whatever. And so bringing some consciousness to that of like, what is kind of being activated in me and doing the work on, you know, giving, I mean, there's so many resources of what to do, but really giving, um, space for healing of that, of that yeah. inner child's experience. It may be through journaling. It may be through energy healing. It may be through breath work. It may be through meditation. It may just be through the awareness of like, oh, that fear of being seen is showing up again from when I was seven in front of the whole class. Like, and noticing that like your inner child is showing up to get some love right now. I think that that is like one piece. Um, I think also like 
I did a post on this, but, um, so manifesting generators and generators have an open and enveloping aura. And that is because our sacral is intended to respond. So we're going to bring into our space, lots of opportunities to respond to, which is fantastic. Except for if you have really like shoddy boundaries. (laughs) 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 And so it can be hard if you're a sacral being and you're like getting all of these different opportunities. And some of you listening may be like, I'm a sacral being and I don't get opportunities, you know, (laughs) like that doesn't happen for me. And I feel like sometimes that will happen because we'll subconsciously kind of try to block our aura from like accepting things into our space because we like don't want to experience the overwhelm or we don't want to experience having to say no to things that don't light us up. Um, Or, you know, sometimes we're, already full. Like our sacral is already full and completely overwhelmed with all of the stuff that we are currently doing. And so the sacral is like, I can't, I can't say yes to anything else. So I, no matter how exciting it is, I can't say yes to it. Sometimes, I mean, uh, if we have had our boundaries violated in the past, that can have an effect on, you know, what things look like in the present or how we approach situations because we don't feel safe or we don't feel like our no will be respected. So that's like another place to go with regard to healing. I mean, it all goes back to healing. Unfortunately, that's (laughs) not like the most popular. I, I feel like it's like, I know in the past, I felt like, oh, like healing is such a long slog of like, you know, and sometimes it's not very fun. But I think even in that, if you come back to the present and you're like, I don't have to think about the 500 different things that I could be healing, what's coming up right now? Like, what fear yeah. is coming up right now? What trigger is coming up right now? And how can I do my best to address it in this moment with the time that I have? If I have five minutes, if I have an hour, if I have 30 minutes, <laughs> just like doing my best to address it and notice it. And I feel like that really can make some really significant shifts and changes. I don't know that I answered your question, but yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. I, I mean, I don't know if you, I don't even remember what the question was, but I'm with you here <laughs> in this space. <laughs> but one thing that was coming through for me when you were speaking, I love, I love this conversation, especially like it all does come back to healing. And I don't know about you, but oftentimes like for my own personal healing process, it's of course, meditation, breath work, journaling, all of these things are deeply supportive. And also I find once I have that level of awareness and I know how to choose differently, like if I know how to take action differently and really show up in a world in the world in a way that 
reprograms my subconscious, that's like where a lot of my power has come from is from deciding differently. Because when we have this level of cognitive dissonance between our beliefs and our actions, and we act in the world in a certain way, that action takes precedence over our belief system. So we actually rewire our beliefs and then we can move forward differently the next time. And we're creating new neural pathways to support our own healing in the present moment by our decisions and how we choose to show up in the world. Yes, that is so true. And I think that like, um, it's, you know, it is all connected and it really is like creating the right balance for you. But I feel like people will go through phases where like sometimes, they're more focused on internal healing and maybe should shift the balance more towards action. And sometimes there are seasons of action. And then like, you do need to go back to the foundation of inner healing or inner connection. But I feel like, yes, they are both so important. And I've been preaching about like just awareness being a really important and sometimes missed step. Like, even if you haven't, you're like, I haven't journaled about it and I haven't done anything about this thing that I know is wrong. Like, okay. So yes, like those things can be important and supportive, but like, even if you're just aware of what's happening, that can like really help. And like, you know, not in a way, sometimes people can use awareness as like an excuse of like, well, this happened to me and I'm aware of it. And I know that sometimes I scream and yell at people because of it, but it's because, and it's like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like being aware of, you know, a trigger, like and where it comes from and kind of what's going on there. And then when it shows up, yeah, doing your best to be like, can I make a different choice or like, what options do I have here? Like, how can I sit with this a little bit differently and seeing how experimenting and seeing how things feel it's, you're not always going to hit it out of the park. Sometimes you're going to do something and you're going to be like, that really didn't feel good. Like the way I handled that, that fight that I picked, that didn't feel good. Okay. So how can I come at this another way? How can I really like heal this in a different way? But I feel like awareness is a really important step. And in, um, I got super into, or I got into the gene keys and now I'm like kind of delving into them more and more. And it's super fascinating. But one of the key aspects of the gene keys is this idea of contemplation. And it's, Um, Richard Rudd, who wrote the Gene Keys, um, talks about them as being, or contemplation as being the middle ground between meditation and concentration. So just like continued, you know, thought around a particular subject and kind of mulling over a particular subject. And it completely opened my mind because I was like, oh yeah, that's how a lot of really good choices are made (laughs) is like through, you know, just allowing yourself to contemplate something like, I don't know. I'm interested in this subject, but like, I don't know how to get at it exactly. So I'm just gonna spend some time 
contemplating it and sitting with it and thinking about it and moving through it. And then oftentimes some sort of breakthrough happens and you have like a place to go next. And I think that that can be a really, it's a really beautiful tool that can be put on a lot of this stuff. Cause sometimes we have things that come up in our healing journeys where it's like, I really don't know how to get at this. Like I just don't. And I think that allowing yourself to like contemplate it and contemplate what, you know, contemplate from all different sides, what you're experiencing, um, not in a state of overwhelm, but in a state of, I am living this life and I have all of the time in the world to live it in my highest expression. And so there honestly is no rush. (laughs) And, um, so, and then dealing with things from there, because oftentimes, we will experience the breakthroughs that we're looking for and we will be connected with the tools that are necessary if we're just allowing ourselves to be like you know i'm going to contemplate this i'm going to do my part mm-hmm. and then trust that the other piece of the equation will fill in for me as long as i'm doing my my little bit you know yeah And one thing that I loved, even just like listening to you talk about this um, concept of contemplation is I felt your nervous system responding in like in the present moment as you were speaking. So what I mean by that is it felt truly like contemplation is an opportunity for our nervous system to recalibrate to whatever it is that we're experiencing without having our minds and our emotional bodies attaching to the subject or an outcome or um, a result in any way, shape or form. But it really just gives us the opportunity to be present in our bodies as we are experiencing and reflecting on whatever it is that is the topic of contemplation. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Because I think that like, sometimes we'll try to, we'll try to rush things when our nervous system is just not ready for it. And it's like, then you can't even integrate what you're doing because I mean, so in one of the in like the trauma world, I'm not like, I haven't done a ton of trauma informed training, but like in my experience of learning about aspects of trauma, um, they talk about the window of resiliency and it's like this window where you're not, you're not activated in either side of the spectrum. You're in this place where you can actually be present and integrate. And then if you get outside of that window, window of resiliency um, on the high end of the spectrum or the low end of the spectrum, you can either feel super not like dissociate and be super numb and just like not really be present, or you can be so hyper activated and hyper vigilant that you just like can't even like you can't process. Like I you know, yeah. Uh, and 
if you're a drama therapist or whatever, I hope that you're able to like <laughs> maybe in the comments or whatever, add some uh, deeper insight to what I just said. But I think that sometimes when we're doing healing work, if we're in such a rush to like, I have to do this because if I don't, then I'm not going to manifest everything that I want by this time. And this, and it's like, okay. So then you potentially are putting, pushing yourself outside of your depth and that can cause, I mean, people can burn out from that. People can completely rock bottom, um, which rock bottoms can be really beautiful, uh, places for healing. We've both experienced that, but I think also, um, in a rock bottom, you are really, uh, the universe basically in that situation is choosing for you. What's important (laughs) to Mm -hmm. be healing. You're not like, and I think that sometimes when we push ourselves too deeply or attempt to push ourselves too much, we can really affect what our healing looks like in the moment. And Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of that comes from feeling like there needs to be this like massive rush towards expansion and us thinking that we know the best way for that expansion to happen and that the best way to do it is by pushing ourselves past our limit. And I think that there are a lot of different reasons why our society feeds into that narrative. And I really want to just, even just starting with my own shift in perspective, begin to change that narrative of like, you don't need, let's just be where we are and like, be honest about like, yeah, this is where we are. This is what we're experiencing. And no matter how uncomfortable it is, we should just do our best to confront what we're actually dealing with here, what's being presented now, and trust that the expansion will happen as it's intended to. Um, Yeah. I'd love to hear your thoughts and experience on that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm really just soaking in your words right now. I feel like (laughs) this is so beautiful. You've taken me to another dimension. Um, (laughs) But let me see here. What is coming through in this moment? I'm also feeling the, the intuitive nudge to share. Like As man gens, we do have a lot of energy. We have a lot of energy to direct in different areas. So sometimes it can feel like, okay, I have all of this energy. If I just put it all towards the healing process right now, this will go away. Mm -hmm. It'll go away. This discomfort will go away. And this, um, cause it is uncomfortable. And so much of the expansion process, I talk about this in my last, last episode is all shadow work. So much mm-hmm. of the manifesting journey is all shadow work. So much of raising our vibration is all shadow work. We have to allow ourselves to see what is not ours in order to 
arrive at what is ours and to become in union with our highest self and to create space for our highest self, we have to let go. And that letting go process does require a lot of energy. So to have that energy storehouse inside of us and to feel the discomfort simultaneously of not being where you want to be or where we think we should be, especially in today's age with social media and like entrepreneurship. And you can really make money doing anything that you want. And I know that you and I are very similar, like on the same wavelength here, we can, and also it has to be done in integrity if it's going to work for you and I in particular, like I'm just talking about this in this moment, but (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people can resonate to to this because there is infinite possibilities with this digital age that we are working in. So we feel this amount of pressure because, okay, I have this idea. I know what I'm doing. I know the general direction of where I'm going, but I'm not there yet. And this moment is uncomfortable and having to explain myself and explain my vision and, um, and to feel the discomfort in my nervous system of not having that financial stability and that grounding, that foundation yet, but to know it's coming and to feel the, the rising of, of our souls as we create more space for our highest self, as we go along this entrepreneurship journey and still there's this rush, there's this, there's this overwhelm. There are these feelings of, am I doing it right? Am I doing what I should be doing? Because inevitably social media is a marketing platform at the stage mm-hmm. that we are at in the world right now. So mm-hmm. when we dip into social media, it which the success of social media has been built on comparison, it's built on capitalism, it's built on um, these foundational pillars that are not in alignment with the energy of unconditional love or spirituality or whatever. And we can mold that platform to be of our use. We can mold each and every environment that we step our feet in to be of our use and to mirror our energy of unconditional love and to mirror our energy of spirituality and integrity. So I'm not saying it's separate from that. I'm just saying the success of social media is built in a different way. So to dip ourselves into that and to try to express our mission and to um to share our souls and our purpose and all of these like such deep things and to also stay so grounded in the fact of oh there's no rush but to feel mm-hmm. it on the external cuz every time you open your eyes you see the rush but when you look within you know there's no rush you know it's inevitable you know success is inevitable you know you're already successful you know that the work that you're doing in this moment is so beautiful and that you couldn't get to where you're going without being where you are and also when you open those eyes you it's hard to not feel that external pressure and um so especially when we have all these this energy this storehouse of energy to do all of these things, it can feel easy to burn out sometimes because we get into um, to putting our energy in places that don't necessarily light us up because they're a part of the success algorithm. They're a part of the success equation. And a part of that when it comes to healing is doing the shadow work, is doing all of the healing work, is doing... Um, you know, having the energy to do breath work and meditation and morning pages and, um, (laughs) and all of these things. And I, 
and they light me up so much. And also sometimes I'm, I, we just have to come back constantly to ourselves and be like, what do I need in this moment? What is true for me? Because when we can calm the noise on the outside, we know the truth of, of our souls and our soul's path. And that's the work I am deeply in right now is every single day is making the commitment to come back to myself and not always knowing how I'm going to, how I'm going to do that. And to be honest, I've been feeling a lot of discomfort through a lot of the shadow work I've been doing. And, um, it's forcing me to new levels of, of expansion and of sitting with the discomfort and to really feel that, um, instability of, I don't know what comes next. I don't know what comes next financially. I don't know what comes next after this chapter. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how to explain myself to people. I don't know how to share that. And to find that deep comfort within myself is my only mission right now. And that process is, um, is beautiful. And also it, like it shakes you on up. But it's it's yeah. forming a new foundation. And that new foundation is it goes back to what we were talking about before is I'm trying to not act with fear. So every single day I come back to that sense of love. And that means I have to look at fear and say, no, fuck you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which can, you know, it takes it can take time to really notice like what, what our fear is, where it's come, what has to say, whatever. And also being like, okay, but like, you're not driving this car, you know, like I can hear what's happening there and you know, what, where that comes from, but like, you're still not driving the car, but, oh man, I mean, there's so many things in what you just said that were so, um, that I was like, okay, like I have so much to say about this, but I would say, um, I feel like this is kind of where, so manifesting generators, we have a lot of energy, but we don't have unlimited energy. Like we have to respect like where energy goes. And I've definitely not always done that. And I think that the other thing about MG is, and like what we were talking about earlier about like having this bad rap of being flaky and you know what, to be fair, I've been flaky in the past. Like I have been legitimately, but I think that there are a lot of different factors and, you know, depending on MGs can go on different ends of the cycle, sometimes we can really overcommit ourselves and sometimes we can be really flaky and sometimes they're connected and sometimes they're disconnected and we can go through different phases and cycles of that. And I feel like something that I've, I've just begun to realize and integrate for myself is that it's really important for us to come back to Yeah, it's important for us to come back to ourselves and really know ourselves very deeply and trust what seasons we're in because commitment just looks different for us. And I feel like, yes, 
you want to, and I'm, I'm going to use human design speak here, but it's like, you want to be coming back to your strategy and authority for manifesting generators. Our strategy is to respond. And then depending on who you are and what your chart says, you may have emotional authority. So you may need a little bit more time, or you may have sacral authority, which your sacral mm-hmm. has a quick response in the moment, but it also may not make logical sense. And I feel like that's where MGs can get in, um, get in some trouble. And I think that this is a part of our conditioning process because oftentimes as children manifesting generators, like, because being, we can be complete with something and not be like finished with it from society's standpoint. So like, let's say you were in swim class because you told you saw someone swimming in swim class when you were seven, you told your parents, I want to do that. I want to do that. And you were begging them to like, let you do it or whatever. And then you take a few classes and you realize as a kid, I really don't like this, you know, and it's not fear and it's not other stuff. Like just as a kid, you're like, I don't like being in the water. I don't like, you know, for whatever reason, you don't like it. It doesn't light you up, but your parents committed to the sixth class pack. And like, maybe they have their own stories around like finishing what you start. And for some, you know, types, it is correct for them to finish what they start. So it's like, it's not like it's okay, but for manifesting generators, we can feel complete with something and it not be finished necessarily. And I'm, you know, we still are living in this world and like, there's still maybe some negotiation that you have to do. Like if you have a project that you've already, you know, you've committed to and have a deadline for and whatever there, you probably have to finish it. But I think that um, there are sometimes things where, especially when you're a business owner, you don't need to keep a like keep an offering on your books just because you think you should or because you're afraid that people think that you're flaky if you've if you know that you're complete with it at least for now yeah and i've gone through like a lot of different cycles with this within my own business where you know I think that, and not all of these things have been offerings, but some of them have been little things that I've been excited about in the moment and kind of tried out or whatever and trialed. Um, Like I really enjoy the tarot and I like working with the tarot on occasion, but like I've never been a big tarot journal girl. I don't do card pulls every day for myself Um, and no shade to anyone that does. It's just like, it's not something that for me every day, um, is lights me up. Um, and I like went through this period where I was trying, I was learning the tarot and doing some tarot readings through this site, um, called Biddy Tarot, which actually is pretty cool. Like I think for anyone that is interested in this space and kind of trying out readings for themselves, they have like a, uh, membership that you can do three free, um, like email readings basically through this platform and kind of experiment with it. And so I did that. And through that experience experiment, I realized I really didn't 
enjoy tarot readings. I just didn't like I, I, there were aspects of it. I enjoyed, and there were things that I know that I gave some helpful readings to people. And I know that it's something that I could do, but it did not light me up as much as it needed to. And I, I think I beat myself up for that for a period of time because, you know, we spend money on things and we invest in things. And sometimes we invest in them for the purpose of like, this would be a great thing to offer to my business and da, da, da. And I think that we have to be honest with ourselves about like when, you know, for whatever reason, this is just not correct for me right now. And I have to be okay with that and surrender to that. And if it comes back around and it feels like an interest to me later, then I'll just pick it up again. And that can happen in a lot of different stuff. And I think that for manifesting generators, just being more transparent. I mean, ultimately you want to get into better, um, make better decisions and make better commitments in the first place. And that comes back to listening to your strategy and authority. But I think also being honest with yourself about when something is coming to completion and, really being like, okay, I'm just, this is what I'm being told right now. This is what my sacral is screaming at me. And so I'm just going to close this portal down for now or whatever it is. And oftentimes, at least the way that I've seen it more recently for me is like when I started to really distill down to like, what am I actually desiring right now? And like, what actually is lighting me up that I'm doing? And I started to get what that looked like for me, what that list was. I was like, okay, so like, this is where I need to be putting my energy. And like, even if I have a lot of energy, it's not valuable for me to be spreading it out all over the place to all of these different places that don't light me up 100% when I know that if I put it in this area that does light me up, it's like, you know, game, like it's just a complete game changer. And so, Yeah. Like I think that for me, that's a really important step, but you do have to start to sort of close down the noise of everything else that's going on. Really like learning, connecting with yourself in a more deep way in whatever way feels best for you and kind of shutting down some of the noise that sometimes can happen in society or from social media or even from well-meaning people within our community that may be like, oh, I thought that you were going to do tarot now. It's like, yeah. And I tried it and it's just, it's not what I want to have an offering for because I have energy for other stuff that I'm you know, whatever it is, but just owning, like, I'm not flaky. I just am complete with this thing (laughs) and I need to use my energy differently. And ultimately who gives a fuck if you, it's your life, it's your (laughs) life. So like, I'm not talking about things like, okay, if you've committed to something for like, a project for money or whatever. Like, yeah, sometimes we have to bite the bullet and be like, okay, 
okay, I have to do this thing, even though it doesn't fully light me up. And now I know for next time, or I know for the future. And sometimes we have something that the end result or whatever, lots of aspects to it light us up. And then there's a few things that don't light us up and we have to do them because we're not in a space where we can delegate those things that happens. But like getting, I feel like when you get clearer on where does my energy need to go? What serves me the best? What is actually legitimately lighting me up where I don't care if I have to like do a few things that I don't like because ultimately it lights me up so much and the energy exchange makes sense. That's where we need to go. And I feel like then you can answer deeper questions around commitment because sometimes once you get to a place where you're like, um, okay, this is something that really excites me. This is something that I really, um, I really feel committed to, and I'm willing to like do what it takes to commit to this thing. Then all of these other fears come up around like, what if it doesn't work out? What if I look like a failure? What if everyone makes fun of me? What if I have to be seen for this thing and I'm afraid of being seen? But that gives us more clear stuff to work on than sometimes the surface level forcing, I just have to, you know, do all of these different pra- manifestation practices to get where I want to go. It's like, cool, but what's the intention behind those things? And do you have clarity around like what work you're actually doing there? Sorry, yeah. I know that was so long, but like... <laughs> No, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. And it was interesting as well, because as you were speaking about um, being drawn in places that you, that light you up versus doing things out of obligation, I watched your energy shift. Like I literally, it was like, holy shit, you just let in the light when you... (laughs) (laughs) When you were talking about being drawn and allowing yourself to go in those places that light you up. And I think that's so important for all of us to remember is that it's what you're talking about before as well, in terms of when we're in the space of overwhelm or like too heavily being bound by commitment, that it leads to feeling yucky in our bodies that blocks us from receiving opportunities. And our job is to respond Our job is to respond. So when we can open up our field to receive opportunities and to be deeply in the present and to be acting out of love and to be acting out of intention and like deep um, commitment to ourselves first and foremost, that's what lifts the veil and offers us all of these opportunities. That's what lets the light in. And that is like the key to living our design and allowing it to work for us as opposed to us working against it. And I love what you said about just like being where we are as well, just being Mm -hmm. where we are, where the fuck are we in this moment? It is okay. It is okay to be wherever we are and in whatever chapter. And it's okay to, to make commitments and to let them go. And it's okay to be fluid with that. And as long as our main commitment is to ourselves. And I shared this with you beforehand, but I'm in a stage right now of really like letting go of a bunch of commitments. I'm tying up my last sessions. I'm tying up my last, um, 
like my program, my Reiki program comes to end in the middle of July. And then I, in all of my virtual sessions, all of my, my six month clients finish up in July as well. Like what? And (laughs) which is so beautiful. And I'm not no longer doing one-to-one sessions and um, just like one-off sessions. I'm only working with people for longer periods of time. And then I go to Peru in August and I say, okay, whatever is meant to come from that is where like, I don't know if I'm meant to be working more in the physical as opposed to digital. I don't know what comes next. I just know that in this moment where I am in this space is a season of closing the chapter, a season of doing deep internal healing work and preparing for what's to come. But, and sometimes I get a little lost thinking, well, how am I going to afford this? Or how am I going to do this? What are the logistics? I have all these planets in Capricorn and that's an important part of myself to honor as well. And that like engages my, my safety complex. Am I safe? Am I safe? Mm -hmm. Am I safe? And just reminding myself, I am safe. I am safe because as just watching energetically, what happened, like what I witnessed with you, with that light that just came to shine in, I was like, holy shit, am I safe? There's like a light beam that's going to be on me. I'm going to be radiating. What the (laughs) hell do I mean? Am I safe? I am. I am opportunity. Opportunity is me. Like we are not separate. I am just this magnet for miracles. When I allow myself to do what truly lights my, me up. And in this season, I'm finding joy in all of them. I mean, I'm in Mexico city. I'm living a happy life. I'm also doing a lot of deep healing work. So I don't leave my apartment as much as I should, but like, (laughs) (laughs) but it is such a beautiful process and to not rush the process of whatever season that we are in and to acknowledge, okay, right now I am a little close to opportunity. I am close to opportunity because I'm processing so much and integrating so much into my physical body. And that's a beautiful place to be as well, because that only allows me to to step deeper into this openness in my next season, but to be patient with myself now. And so like, it's interesting because what you were just saying, I'm sure it's not only medicine for the listeners, but I received so much medicine from those words too. So thank you. Uh, I'm so, I'm glad to hear it. And yes, you're exactly right. And it's, it's interesting because as you were speaking, like a lot of where I'm at now, is because I looked at my own gene keys. You can look up if you're interested. It is. Okay. So the gene keys are so interesting and it like truly has been one of the more beautiful systems that I've, I've delved into and it can be really like, so basically you look up your hologenetic profile. You can do it at genekeys.com for free, all the same birth chart type information. And you get these um, series of gene keys that are basically there to unlock aspects of yourself. Um, and so you then will pair it with the gene keys book, which you can purchase on audio or you can purchase the physical copy. Although for whatever reason, the physical copies are harder to come upon. Um, I have both just because depending, I like to either listen to them or read them. And then you just listen or read, and then you just contemplate them, which literally when I first heard that that was the way that this system worked, I was like, fuck that. Like, I hate that. (laughs) 
I hate that so much, but it's so, because like, it's just like, I don't have time for that. Like that sucks. What do I do? You know? Okay. So once I got past that, um, it has been so beautiful for me, but I have, um, so then out of that birthed like this focus on like desire and commitment because, um, I have gene key 30, which has the shadow frequency of desire in my life's work. And then I have, um, gene key 29, which has this shadow frequency of half-heartedness in my evolution, which is kind of like the challenge that goes throughout my life. And I was like, yeah, that tracks. I've always had a challenge with that, whatever. So, but what's interesting about like what you were saying is, and this is how I've come to understand commitment because I did not have the best relationship with commitment at all. And of course it's still something that I'm am working with and through and like some of my fears around commitment and, and all this stuff, literally commitment to me, um, used to feel like being just being trapped, like, just like, I can't get out of here. This does not feel comfortable for me. And, um, you know, I I think that, but what, what's interesting about like this gene key and how it fleshes out commitment is, um, yeah, there are some commitments that are incorrect for us for whatever reason. And for, because we're at a particular stage in our life. Like if I had talked to you, you know, a couple of months ago, um, being open or maybe a little longer than that, being open <laughs> to having coaching clients and like signing new clients on and, um, you know, having one-on-one sessions may have been a commitment you were completely open to. And now you are not. And I think that that is completely okay because we are beings that shift and change and, we have to honor what a commitment looks like at this moment and what we're committed to in this moment. And so the gene keys are split up into three different levels of frequency. So there's the shadow frequency, there's the gift frequency, and then there's something called the city, which is basically the essence of that gene key. So for gene key 29, it's shadow frequency of half-heartedness. So basically fear of truly committing a gift of commitment. And then the city of that gene key is devotion. And so as you were talking, it was really beautiful to me because I was like, you, yes, you're closing a chapter, but it's like, because I'm in devotion to something else. I'm in devotion to myself. I'm in devotion to this expansion. And so it's like, it's just like a deeper form of commitment and a different form of commitment. And it really ultimately, because I think, um, sometimes we can try to make, put our commitments in some sort of like moral framework or we can, a lot of shoulds can come in around commitment. And it's like, no, it doesn't necessarily matter as long as it's coming from a place of this is something that I find worthy of commitment now and comes from a place of internal love and self-love. Um, 
And yeah, like I think that from that place, then we're able to, with more clarity, listen to what our sacral tells us about the other opportunities that come into our space. And we're able to honor like, you know what, that's a no right now because I'm committed to this other thing that's taking up this amount of my energy. Or you know what, that's a yes. That's something that really excites me because it um, is it either accents what I'm currently doing or it is something that I'm currently shifting into and I've been calling in. And I, this is a little bit separate, but it's just having this whole realization has changed the way that I have approached my manifestation process in some ways, because, um, I, you know, I have my lists and I create my manifestation lists and all this different stuff, but I feel like I used to be very overwhelmed by the list and truthfully used to focus much more on the list. Um, and now I've been shifting into like, okay, I've created the list and it's out there and it's already coming to me. So what do I, what action do I, can I take an action can look a lot of different ways. I'm not just talking about like action in the world, but like what healing can I do? What can I focus on that's being presented to me in the current and present moment. And for me, that has shifted a lot of like a lot of forcing and a lot of overwhelm around certain things coming to pass because I'm not, I'm just not worried about that stuff happening in the same way. I'm like, if it's for me, it will happen. And I'm doing my piece of the puzzle, um, with the information that I have now. And I also kind of have an idea of like, there are certain things that are on my list that, um, I'm, are not, I'm not presently focused on, um, because they're just like, not immediately, they're just like a little bit, at least for where I am now, they're a little bit separated from where I am now. And that's not to say miracles can't happen and things can't come to pass, but it's not particularly helpful for me to try to focus on how of that all of that stuff is going to happen because it's just not part of my present reality and part of something that I can presently bring action towards. I've already done all the action I can do on that by creating my list. And now where I have to focus is really working on my self-worth and working on reprogramming patterns that make me feel like I'm not deserving and all of this different stuff. But that's where my work is. And I can't be so hyper-focused on, um, you know, what those desires out there in the ether are, because ultimately, um, I have to be where I am now. That's where the gift is. And like, so all of this, like, I feel like that's where a lot of my fire behind, I feel like this is very applicable to MGs because oftentimes we have 500 different things that we want to do. We want to, you know, 
live in the south of France half of the year and have like a bakery and also run a healing retreat center and do, (laughs) you know, there are like 500 different dreams and goals and it's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's completely fine. But where I've experienced myself being is being like, well, how is this going to fit in with the bakery that I want to open in 10 years? And that is a really not great place for a manifesting generator to be in. Because then you get trapped in like that overwhelm of like, how is my life going to all work out? And we can't be really involved with that piece. Like, Mm -hmm. at least in my experience, it's just, it's a fool's errand to be like, I'm going to do the universe. I'm going to try to be involved in, I'm going to try to push myself to be where I'm not right now and skip this step. Yeah. And just, I mean, I think also um, what I was receiving when you were speaking was that when you got into those, that space of reflecting on where you, there was the biggest distance between where you are now, you are seeing the distance in between as like, and when we focus on the distance in between, it multiplies, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like yeah. when we see ourselves from being super far away from something, that distance grows in our mind. Our mind does a million different things to try to protect us from mm-hmm. the unknown. And through doing that, it creates these stories Uh, that separates you even more. So, and when you're working with the energy of manifestation, it has to feel good. When you're thinking about your desires, it has to feel good. It can't feel overwhelming. And I felt that so many times and I'm so happy we're having this conversation now in relation to Manjans because I was like, oh yeah, that clicked where that future overwhelm does set in. And of course, I mean, the beauty of manifesting generators is that we have so many passions and that we have energy for our passions and that we can, we are happiest when we're doing a bunch of different things. So Mm -hmm. I felt that in my business as well, like I've tried to kind of create that structure in my business where I'm doing this uh, group session and I'm offering this course and I'm offering this one-to-one container and I'm doing one-offs and I'm like, okay, and I'm doing yoga and I'm doing breath work and I'm doing coaching. And I tried to like create all of these um, things in my business structure. And I realized, okay, that's really, it is fun for me. I like that, but um, I don't think that's what I'm meant to do really. I think I'm meant to combine all the things that I love and like streamline the offerings and then also invest in real estate and also have a healing center and all, you know, like those types, those different types of things and um, like a health food cafe or whatever, whenever the time comes. But at the end of the day, it doesn't, we don't have to figure it out overnight. And I find myself sometimes, um, trying to figure it out. Like, (laughs) right. I'm like, why can't I just figure it out? Like I'm a really smart girl. I'm a really smart girl. I I like can, I I can visualize, I can know all these things, but we're not meant to figure it out. We're not meant to know how we're going to get the property and how the retreat center is coming and when it's coming. And if we're going to be teaching yoga or having a bakery or we're not, we, we don't know, we don't know in this moment. And we have to give ourselves the permission to, to not know. And 
and like allow ourselves the joy of manifesting because manifesting is a joyful process and it should be a joyful process. And I find sometimes it can feel overwhelming because there's so many, there's infinite possibilities and there's so much out there and we can do anything. And sometimes I'm like, how do I create a list with all the infinite possibilities? And um, (laughs) when I I want to do so many things and I have so much to offer the world. And so I find that for me personally, I also create lists and I also um, like have dreams and goals and visions for myself. And as soon as I like release that, I do that ritualistically by submerging it in water and, Mm -hmm. or like I'll put it in a God box, which is just like a special box where I um, put, where I release things into the universe. And I say, okay, God, you got this. (laughs) I don't, (laughs) you got this. Cause like, I'm just a human. I can't know how it is, but I find that for me, um, kind of zooming out and focusing more on the general of, okay. Um, like for example, um, when I wake up in the morning, oh, my bed is so comfortable. Oh, like I love this pillow. I love just being in the present moment and anything that I can do to bring me into the present moment that feels innately healing and supportive to my manifestations Mm -hmm. as well, because it's inevitably raising my vibration. And that's just a puzzle piece, but that's a puzzle piece for me personally that was lost along the way that has, um, when it comes to like, when I got really involved in my business and I felt like there's so much to do all the time and um, not enough hands on deck to help me delegate all the things I wanted to do. And it just started to feel really heavy, um, like responsibility wise and commitment wise and overwhelming to my, to my nervous system. Like, oh my gosh, this is new. And there's so much pressure on this financially, emotionally, and it's hard to run a business sometimes. And it's hard Mm -hmm. to do it alone. And especially when you don't know what the hell you're doing and you're just figuring it out and you're trying to be spiritual and you're trying to manifest and you're trying to do it in it with integrity and love. So I find that coming back to that sense of presence for me has been deeply healing to help connect all of the other pieces in terms of the manifestations that I have and the business that I run and um, and the boundaries that I create for myself and like just knowing, okay, what is what is mine and what is not mine in terms of what are these obligations that are these commitments that I'm creating for myself that are not mine, that are societies that are my mom's that are X, Y, Z, but if it's not mine, it's not mine. So, um, coming back to that joy of the cup of coffee and not like allowing the overwhelm or the stress or the list of how the hell am I going to get to my manifestations distract from that place? Because with all the energy that we have, I feel like sometimes it can be easy to get caught up in what comes next and how are we going to do it? And, and just to go down that rabbit hole, um, in a way that's not necessarily serving to our energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's so true. And it's so common for, it's so common for us MGs and, and not just MGs. I mean, I think that a lot of people that have a third line in their profile can feel this way in some ways. Anyone that has the gene key 30 like me will likely feel this way. And actually collectively right now, Saturn is in retrograde in gate 30. So 
I think until October or something. It started on June 5th. Uh, and boy, did I feel it. A lot of this stuff came through uh, in result to that, which makes perfect sense. But um, yeah, it's, <laughs> I feel like it's a lot. And coming what you said about coming back into presence is so important i feel like especially for mgs because i mean i almost see it as like our frequency gets raised where it's like everything is up here like and and it's a podcast so i'm symboling like up <laughs> as being raised up to my head um and just like things getting super, super heady and us being like super in this like very ungrounded space. And so then when you're able to like get into this present, the things drop down more into like the root and the sacral center. And I feel like that actually can breed a lot of um, clarity for uh, gen- any sacral being for generators and Uh, manifesting generators because again, we're intended to respond. And so what is there to respond to in this moment? And it's interesting because um, I feel like when that happens, when we're able to do that, then we're actually able to see, like, I've like had things happen where it's like, then I'm like, okay, well now I know what I need to do. And then like, I'll get like a 40% off, like just like weird little stuff. It's like nothing, it's not been anything like huge, but it's like, I'll get like basically a deal on something or like, so I'll like realize that there's like hidden money somewhere that I like hadn't thought about or whatever. Like there's just like lots of like kind of interesting things that can happen when we go into like this response space. And um, that happens in the moment. You can't like, we can't respond to like (laughs) an apartment listing or like a, you know, we can't respond to something that hasn't happened yet. That's like not currently in our space. So it doesn't really make a ton of sense for us to be like um, ruminating on what we're going to do or how we're going to uh, make this thing happen. That's like when we get too much into that, like initiating energy, which, you know, manifesting generators, we can initiate some things, but it does need to come from a place of response, whether it's energetic or it's, you know, actually like a real thing out in the world. It like has to come from somewhere. And so when we're, I feel like that's where things get really rough for us when we're like getting too involved in trying to plan how all of these different things are going to happen and we're not coming back to the present moment. And it's like, it's so true. And it can be so simple. Like I love you talking about like feeling how your sheets feel or like how a cup of coffee, like the taste of a cup of coffee, really those moments can be so beautiful of allowing you to drop in and then 
the clarity that comes from that is so great. And clarity is a really interesting thing too, because I feel like there's lots and lots out there about clarity. And that's like a big issue that a lot of people have. And I think oftentimes um, when we're able to drop into the present, we may not be clear on everything, but we have some clarity on what needs to happen now. If we allow ourselves to listen and we're not getting overwhelmed by all of the shoulds and stuff like that. Yeah. And sometimes like just turning, tuning back into the body. If we've been thinking about something so much, so much, so much, so much, so much, and then it creates this pattern of thought and we just dissociate from our bodies. So like contemplation, bringing it back into the body, non-attachment, allowing ourselves and our emotional processes to just take a fucking break. That's when we get clarity. We don't get clarity when we are are in our heads over and over and over again. Allie, I'm talking to myself right now. Um, (laughs) But oh my gosh, Brenna, we are coming up while we're over an hour now. Would you like to leave us with any, is there anything you'd like to leave us with? I'll ask it that way. Yeah. So um, as of the time of this recording, I am doing breathwork and energy healing sessions, um, but they're focused specifically on this idea of overwhelm for desire and like kind of um, healing from a place that healing so that we actually can achieve this clarity around commitment. Um, And so in these sessions, there are a series of questions that I walk people through before that kind of as you're preparing for the session and that's kind of serves as the foundation for a session. It's all surrounded around desire. And then we go into breath work and basically with all of those feelings and emotions present in our space, um, this was informed by the gene keys research that I did and kind of like discovering all of the things and the frequencies that are potentially connected to desire. So the shadow shadow frequencies are that of desire and like the overwhelm that can come with desire. Um, the, because desires in and of themselves aren't problematic. It's just like that overwhelming feeling sometimes in that like rush that we can associate with desire basically to like Um, free ourselves from like that feeling of yearning, but desire is something that we're always going to have. We're always going to yearn for something. And so we really have to like, um, or I find it to be really valuable to strengthen our nervous system around that feeling of desire. So that's the first layer. Um, Half-heartedness is the next. So what, if, you know, you were fully to commit to that particular desire, what that would look like and what that like, yeah, what that would look like and what fears come up around full commitment to that thing. Um, And then the fantasy around the desire. So like, what do you feel that you're going to achieve? What does that look like? How does it feel? And then um, the discordant thoughts around that desire. So why does that desire feel impossible to achieve? So um, 
yes, that is like kind of the foundation of the session. We bring all of those energies and frequencies into the space and really work with healing and uncovering and like getting more comfortable with like really stepping into the fire that can be desire sometimes and like kind of clearing and cleansing from that place because we actually are so much more powerful (laughs) than our feelings of desire. And um, so the gift frequencies of all of these like energies are lightness, commitment, um, oh fuck, I'm going to owe discernment. And what is the one? Is it devotion? No, that's like, I'm blanking on the one that's associated with fantasy, but anyways, that's the goal. We want to like raise the frequency of from the shadow frequency to this gift frequency of really being able to access clarity and really commit with clarity. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of what I'm working on. And, um, so if you're curious, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Spiritum Meditation and the links are in my bio and everything. By the time this recording or this podcast comes out, I also will have like a free um, journal exercise or whatever if you kind of want to begin to work with these frequencies. And then I would love to support you in an energy healing session so that you can dig into it a little deeper. Oh, I love that. Yes. Everybody go check out Brenna yesterday. Go check, (laughs) go check out (laughs) Brenna right now. Brenna's the best. I've had sessions with Brenna that have been life-changing and, um, it's just such a gift to share space with you. So thank you for offering that, for creating such a beautiful, thoughtful, loving offering. I can feel how transformative this topic has been in your own life. So I can only imagine the magic that is created in the container that you are now able to hold in this way. So I'm so excited to witness that, to hear and... um Thank you for being you. Thank you for sharing this space with us. We love you so much. Thank you for having (laughs) me. Thank you so much. Of course. All right. Thank you everybody for listening. Bad Witches Only, Allie and Brenna. We are out.